Welcome back, everyone, to Unboxing Logistics. This is the vodcast from Easy Post. I'm Lori Boyer. I'm your host. And on our show, we like to dive into everything that's going on in the industry, kind of get the latest updates and trends. And today's topic that I'm really excited about is all around unique carriers. So before I was even in the shipping industry, I was unaware of all of the complexities that go on and how many cool options there are in terms of carriers. I think I always just thought of the regulars, you know, USPS, FedEx, UPS, DHL, all, all of this normal um, carriers. But today, we're going to actually talk a little bit more about alternatives, unique options that are out there. And because this was our topic, I couldn't think of anyone better to have on than a couple of my friends over at Smart Cargo. They are an alternative carrier, um, and they'll tell us a little bit about what they offer, but we're also going to talk about just sort of all the different options out there in the industry. So I have Ed Burek and Chris Gray. Welcome, you guys. I'm really, really excited to have you on today. But let's go ahead and start. I want Chris, will you introduce yourself first? And then, Ed, you can take over. Tell us a little bit about your background, and we'll take it from there. Sure, and Laurie, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Chris Gray, Vice President of Business Development and Sales over here at Smart Cargo. Uh, been here almost two years now. Uh, fantastic ride. Prior to this position, I spent 18, 19 years at UPS, did some time in operations. Most of that was business development. Um, learned a lot of great stuff. I did my time there, was looking for the next innovation, the, the, the right place to be, and, and found my home here. So again, thanks for having us. I love it. I think it's so cool how you've done both the really traditional carrier experience and you know now you're on a little bit of this fun, exciting trip. So that's awesome. Welcome, Chris. Ed, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I've been here about three years. And the reason why I came is, candidly, I'm actually from the e-commerce side. AI, personalization, from that side. It was always, eh, somebody will get it to the customer after we sell it and we'll worry about it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By being here three years, exactly what you said around that complexity. And I was just absolutely fascinated by what they were doing here because I do think it's a different way to look at how to get stuff into people's hands fast and efficient. And, you know, that's what kind of drove, drove me to get here. It's really exciting. I, I love that, Ed. I think that especially e-commerce, if you guys are e-commerce out there, um, we tend to get kind of pigeonholed into just one way of thinking. And so that's really cool that you come from the e-commerce perspective. So we're going to have an awesome discussion later. But first, I want to know a little bit more. So I am going to do just a this and that game. I'm going to list one or the other. Both of you can just go ahead and answer, and we'll kind of compare and see how similar you are, how different you are. And we have a couple of little kind of shipping predictions at the end as well that I always like to get, so that'll be fun. Okay, we're just going to start easy. Are you a person who prefers breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Breakfast. Okay, Ed's our breakfast guy. I had to admit that I skip breakfast about half the time. I get so busy. So, Ed, when you have breakfast, I mean, are you piling on the eggs, bacon? What what you doing? As I got gotten older, less bacon, but still with the eggs, fruit, vegetables. Yeah, I I just like I always like breakfast. If I when I was a kid, if I had breakfast for dinner, that was a home run. I had my son once asked on his birthday if for his birthday dinner we could all sit around and have cereal. 
So <laughs> he he's in your camp. I was like, okay, I guess here we go. Fruits or veggies? Veggies. Used to be fruits. Veggies. Veggies on the same page. Wine or beer? Beer. 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 Spicy or mild? Hot as you can get it. Hot as you can get it, Chris. Nice. I, Ed? I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> I am horrible with spicy, mild. Like, like when I go to places, I literally say, is it hot? And when they say, yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't want it. Or when they say, oh, it's not hot at all. I'm like, yeah, cut that in half. I'm still not right. <laughs> I love so it. So when I got to go visit uh, one of our offices in India, I walked away with one of the, one of my claims to fame in India is, Chris will eat anything, no matter how hot it is. Even if we tell him not to, he will Whoa. eat it. Oh, I made that it back. Is amazing. That uh. is amazing. Your fame has probably gone wide in, in India. They're like, are you the Chris Gray, <laughs> the guy who eats Gray. anything? I love it. It's, like a, it's one of those comedy eating shows. Feed the guy anything and he survives. <laughs> okay, what do you think scarier? I have this debate with my husband all the time. Don't ask me why. Go into space or going to the bottom of the ocean? Uh, they both sound real fun. Oh, that's it. You're the risk taker, try huh? Look, try them out. Yeah. Eat anything, right? Oh, man. I am a, I will go to the bottom of the ocean any day. I think that sounds super cool, but space like totally freaks me out. I never want to drown. That's, that's like my biggest fear. Okay. Um, okay. Ed will be up in space then. Last one big city or country? Big city. Big city. Big city. Me too. Okay. So I have a couple of questions on predictions. What do you think will happen in the industry? Obviously, this is just you looking at your crystal ball. We have no idea what really will happen. Do you think we'll see in the future more expansion of our sea routes with carriers or air? I think air is stopped. I think sea is picking back up. E-commerce is down. COVID you know, there'll be continued increases in investment, but I think it's going to be ocean. Okay. Chris says ocean. What do you think, Ed? You agree? Uh, I think it's going to be more air. I think you see the amount of airplanes that are being mm. bought. I think you see the sustainability factor being brought in. I think you're going to see more airplanes um, going around that, especially as I think the expectations of consumers wanting things faster and wanting them, you know, at their doorstep like that. I think, you think I, you're seeing air. Okay. I, I I think you're probably like a lot of the industry. We don't know for sure, but I think both of you have great valid points. Okay. Final, final, final one. Do you think we'll see, do you predict that we'll see more of an investment in upgrading our infrastructure or in upgrading technology? I'm going to say tech. It's, it's less expensive, right? Everyone's trying to do more with less and technology's the way to do it. Hey, what do you think, Ed? I think if you invest in tech, they 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 never don't show up on a Monday because they wanted to take an extra day on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am with you. I think I agree as well. And you can get a quick ROI on tech. And so, okay, awesome. Well, we are going to jump right into our topic. So traditionally in the industry, I've seen e-commerce companies especially tend to kind of find a carrier and maybe it's one carrier only even, and they'll stick with their carrier. It's usually one of the big four, of course, that's normal. Um, why do you guys think this is? Do you think that we're going to be seeing any shifts in terms of um, 
people starting to branch out a little bit. What I, what I guess are some of the key trends that you've seen in the shipping industry when it comes to carriers and their carrier mix? And let's, I'm going to throw it to Ed first. Sure. I think, look, I think the whole point of what we call alternative carriers, right? Those that aren't those big four that you're talking about, right? If you're that are still getting that stuff to the customer's front door coming from the e-commerce area, it's exactly where e-commerce was from what I can see when it first started. When I first started, there were four big players in e-commerce, Oracle, SAP, IBM, right? And there was maybe one other that, that you could talk about. I think with technology changing, with things happening, I think what you're going to see are more people trying to use alternative carriers. And I think the reason for that is people get tired of the same four, you know, and, I don't, and Chris has always a... He's educated me on this because he comes out of the, the the UPS space. They get tired of the big four, and it's easier to connect now with technology. I think people are upgrading their, their their technology, and a lot of people have, you know, regional carriers have great service. And how do you connect those things? Is to have great technology. What used to be called the API, you know, economy, is now filtered down. I think into this logistics infrastructure and in this ecosystem that we now have. What what do you think, Chris? Are like the hesitations for people? Why why do they? So if they're if they're not haven't been switching, why? What are the fears? Uh, well, the first is just fear, right? I we've always done it this way. I can't wrap my head around a different way to, to do it. It's do you always feel like resistance to change is like common in this industry. Yes, because okay. there have never been opportunities to change. Change hasn't been an option. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Years. Fred Smith started FedEx in the 80s and post office. Right. So you never had options. So no one's had to consider change. And now it's here. And there are certain personas that are open minded to it. But in general, I can't wrap my head around a way to do it differently. And I'm afraid of the risk if if we do, because I don't want to be the first one to try it. Yes. But a lot of people just don't realize a lot of the smart people have been doing it for a couple of years now. What are, I guess, so we have, when we talk about carriers, there's the big carriers. There are also regional carriers. That's a little bit of an alternative option. Um, smaller carriers that are just in a certain area. But then there are also unique types of carriers. And that would be sort of what you guys do. But can you share maybe some of the different types of unique carrier options, um, um, methods that are out there? Yeah. So you have, depending on industry, right, you have a lot of cold chain that's been okay. around for a while. It's very niche. Uh, you have okay. the regional players who we partner with to build out our alternative network. You have couriers, Right. Yeah. Freight forwarders trying to okay. put puzzle pieces together. Um, there really hasn't been a national, the closest laser ship and um, the, the other company they bought is probably the closest and they're national at this point because they teamed up, but that's kind of a little, a couple little small ones, a couple in geographical areas, but nothing that's been comprehensive enough to be all inclusive. So it's often kind of niche sort of feel of where people are using it. I had a guest that I was speaking to recently who mentioned drones, drone delivery. Yeah, I think I think what drones, what's interesting is I think it is viable, but I think it's more viable in those in the Midwest, right, where it's really open, where 
maybe you have, you know, Chris and I have talked about this where someone drives out midway between three farm or ranches and they get a drone up from there, you know, because it's still faster than whatever would be during that. So I think you have drones. And then I think that, you know, the underlying technology that kind of comes into this, um, you know, people have assets, but the technology also makes things faster. You now have AI, right? The, yeah, right. The, the AI you're going to use in, in everything now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to put AI in every sales pitch for everything that they're going to do because it's hot. But the reality is, you know, it, we're, you know, someone like us is already using AI for route optimization, for customer right. support, right? For all those other things. It's been in the industry, but not pervasive. And I think that's what you're starting to see as well. Mm-hmm. So taking advantage of kind of these advances in technology, I just say I really want to get a package by drone. So I think everybody does. I think everybody does. But like, you know, if you're if if we like to live in cities, that's really because <laughs> you, you you know, there's going to be some sort of gang that's going to go after the drone <laughs> while they're in the air. You know, that's what's going to happen. So true. So true. And we all three just voted that we like city living. Exactly. I probably had to live without the drone, but that just seems super cool. So um, explain a little bit about, so I know that what you guys do is cargo sharing on commercial flights. That's another alternative. Explain what, what is cargo sharing on an alternative flight? The way I would describe it to people that aren't in the industry, and when I talk to e-commerce people is it's really Uber for your e-commerce package. In other words, the plane is going there. It's going to whatever from one city to another. It's already going there. All we're doing is we're putting e-commerce packages on passenger planes in the baggage area. And the reason why there's space in the baggage area is think about it, Lori. When you take a trip, do you pay the 40 bucks to check your bag or do you or do you put it above your seat? Right. When, when mm-hmm. you, like everyone mm-hmm. else does. Right. Unless you're taking yep. a long trip, you're not doing that. So all right. this is available. Right. It's now sustainable because the, the plane's going to fly no matter what. So now you're loading it up. And that's what's really unique. And for our partner has over 2,500 flights a day, which means they can go anywhere in the, in the continental United States. And because of what we do, we can get it anything in anywhere in, in two days. Yeah, that's really cool. So what I'm understanding is that you look at you know space on commercial flights where they have room and then... Um, you can connect shippers, e-commerce companies, whoever, to get their their goods on the flight. So it's always going to be flight, obviously. So it's two-day, quick kind of shipping. Right. Is that and then, right? Exactly. And then what it is, is we, we get it there because we have guaranteed allotments, right? We're not a 3PL, so we're not buying space. This is with the mm-hmm. airlines. Unique. And then we use our regional partners to deliver once it gets to whatever city it is, from whatever city we're, we're we're shipping from, what what would happen? Walk me through the steps. What would what would it look like? Somebody comes to my warehouse, picks stuff up. Do I take it to the airport? What what's happening? Fundamentally, think of the journey as being no different than the the other two or three carriers, right? The big okay. guys. Uh huh. So we'll coordinate. Hey, Lori, what kind of volume do you have? What time do you need your pickup? You know. I kind of know where your stuff's going because we've already had that conversation. My guy shows up at five o'clock, load up his truck, take it somewhere for sortation, put it on the right partner flight. It flies really quick because I need to get there quickly. Your packages are underneath my feet. Get to the destination airport in Philadelphia. It's unloaded. It's um, tendered to our final mile partner. And this is where talking about those regionals, that's where we kind of connect with them. 
for delivery on that next day, on day two. It goes through their sortation. Driver shows up at your house. Not a drone yet, but it's dropped at your front door. Our tech is the backbone, is the glue that holds all the puzzle pieces together, right? So visibility and tracking, manifesting, you know where your packages are, 14 different touch points. Hey, your package has been picked up from the uh, distribution center. Hey, it's out for delivery. Hey, here's a picture of your package at your front door delivered at 3.06 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. So it comes with all the tracking. And okay, so let's say that I'm thinking, okay, so what are the risks here? Are there volume limits? So for instance, if we don't know how many people are going to check their bags or something, how does that work? Yeah, the, the airlines have been doing this for a long time. You know, they know what, what it's going to look like. They have data and analytics that they know their availability. And our partner is also a cargo company. So they've done it both in cargo and mm. using the passenger. So their, their, their abilities to know what that availability is, is shared with us. And then we make sure that, that, that we have our customers um, assigned accordingly um, to make sure that we're hitting their wants and needs you know, the, and that's the thing is airlines have tried to do this before and they've always kind of fallen a little short because they're great at cargo and great at passengers, but delivering a small package to someone's hybrid is, is a little different. We have a lot of people from UPS, FedEx, who really know that business who've joined our mm-hmm. company because it's unique, like Chris. And those capabilities and understanding how to make that happen is really the difference you know, our technology is the backbone, but I would really say our expertise is the really glue that really brings that together. Yeah. So I really love, I mean, it kind of sounds like basically you've got some predictive analysis um, with your partner. Are you able to share who your partner is? I'm not officially allowed to do right okay. now, but you, but in the next few weeks, you will be able to see, trust me. Okay. No, okay. I'm going to keep an eye out and we'll see. Chris, uh, I, Chris, Chris would have made me dress like a stewardess for the airline. if. Uh, <laughs> if now right. I wish we delayed and, and yeah, had yeah. this a few weeks from now so yeah, we could yeah. have seen that, Ed. Yeah. Um, okay, but one of the major airlines. Oh, it's of... the top three. Okay, perfect. So you're working with an airline, and um, but it sounds like using kind of predictive analysis, all the AI tools and stuff we talked about, they kind of generally know within a frame of confidence of how much space they're going to have confident. on each. Highly confident. Okay, highly that makes confident. sense. So what about specialty cargo then? I, I have to assume that, you know, there are going to be some things that maybe aren't a, a good fit for doing this commercial cargo route. We want to generally be stay away from hazmat and dangerous goods. Right? Yeah, that's, I, that's what I was thinking is mm, a little dangerous so there, huh? I'm flying on vacation. I don't want something that's going <laughs> to cause you underneath my feet. And, and all parties agree that that's the way to, to kind of approach this. Okay, so hazmat, this is probably you're going to need to stick with something traditional. You might want not want to be looking at this. Um, however, if my guess is, you know, a lot of companies may ship some hazmat and some not. So I, my assumption would be that they would be allowed to, to kind of do a hybrid where they're using multiple carriers that way. Is that, correct me if I'm wrong, is that true? Uh, we're not trying to supplant or replace UPS or FedEx. I mean, they're they're enormous, operating in 220 right. countries and territories, uh, 60,000 drivers on the street. This is all the stuff I used to say on on calls. We're alternative and complementary. Let us let us yeah. help you out strategically. 
there are some things I don't want your your beds. Right? You got like an eighty pound bed. Tires, tires aren't gonna work. Yeah, yeah, tires. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Live animals, so, we probably want to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Support. You're shipping. Okay, yeah. that completely makes sense. And obviously, there's a huge place. It's absolutely we need our major carriers, but there are times for people to branch out. Which brings me to the question: When when is the sign maybe that it's do they need to be a certain size for this to be cost effective? Are there certain signals that a company could say like, okay, this is probably a great option to try some alternative carrier options, or you know, maybe I need to grow a little bit more. When does it become cost effective for them? Any sort of you know signals in their company that they are? I think the thing that I've found that's unique with coming in with coming as part of this is suppose you're growing 40% a year and your product is just doing phenomenal, right? Okay. You're the new Ginsu knife to gold school, shake weight. What, what? Right, right, right. What, whatever you want to call it, right? Grown 40%. And you're like, I got to take advantage of the of the traditional zones to get two mm. day. So I got to mm. build a warehouse out in, out in Utah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right With us, you don't need to do that. You can avoid okay. the warehouse. If it's the if if we can put it underneath the plane, and we can settle on a price, we can get it there. So regardless of what Chris is going to be able to do to just improve shipping and two day and all the good things that he's going to talk to you in a second about, CFOs love that cost avoidance. If I don't have to spend thirty yeah. million dollars on building a warehouse, inventory, insurance, people, computers, mm -hmm. electricity, you know all that stuff, because we can still get it there in two days across the country. That's what I think is the thing that I find amazing, beside the fact we can do better on getting packages anywhere in the country, you know, but I think yeah. that's one of the things to look at. And it sometimes is missed, right? Because um, I think going to what Chris said, people are used to things, they don't think about that broader piece. And that's why sometimes we have to talk to the COO or CFO on that kind of level. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is the first thing is if a company's growing and they're considering expanding, adding DCs, looking at, you know, wanting to get more of their goods out, it could be with a cost analysis that it's actually just more affordable to, to use an alternative carrier. Absolutely. And Chris's team okay. has an entire process that they walk through to give specifically by zip code, how much better it's going to be. Yeah. Awesome. Chris, what else? What What are other signals that like people should be exploring alternative carriers? Customers always say that, Chris, I can't compete with Amazon. How do I get it from New York to LA in two days? Well, it was cost prohibitive with the traditional carriers. Right. My planes are going there anyway, so that, that air cost is, I'm able to have some advantages there and offer comparable to a ground rate. So if your customer experience, you're trying to improve, if you can ex improve the experience, Reduce card abandonment, increase sales, increase profitability um, from a, you know, how many packages a day. If you're complex enough to be thinking about these other things, right, mm -hmm. do I need a warehouse? How can I, from a marketing and customer experience uh, perspective, enhance my time in transit or increase customer satisfaction? If you're that kind of a company and, and you're big enough to have those kind of um, strategic questions, it's probably good to talk to us. Okay. If you're Mike shipping shoes out of your mom's basement, probably That's not. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So if I'm just creating jewelry and I'm in my garage, 
Maybe I'll sign up to send something with a drone just so I can feel cool for a minute. But cost effective, you know, long term, I'm not quite ready for an alternative carrier. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Okay. So I feel like flights get delayed, um, reliability, storms, those kind of things. Would you feel like the reliability, I guess, how would you address that concern in terms of, you know, we've all personally experienced flight delays and whatnot. So how does that impact delivery? So we typically, we're not flying puddle jumpers between tiny airports. Okay. Right. So So major flights, major routes. Major flights, major routes. When I fly into LA, that gives me final mile coverage in all of California, Reno, and Vegas. Right. Okay. Uh, LAX, tons of flights in a given day. I think there are nine or 10 narrow and wide body planes coming out of JFK to LAX in a day. If I miss Mm -hmm. one, I get priority on the next one. If something happens with that one, I get priority. If the airport shuts down, nobody's moving anything anyway. Right, the cargo planes as well, right? So You get get two feet of snow, doesn't matter who you're using, (laughs) nothing's moving. All of that data... Uh, filters through our tech okay. so we see it. I, I see hey this flight was delayed we just adjust and put it on the other plate okay okay and, that and makes as, a lot as of part sense. of that tech we, we we make sure to message our partners last mile here's what's happening the the it's now going to arrive at this time at this gate you know so there's constant communication between them and the customer so if it is delayed by weather we let the customer know weather in boston may be delayed by by a couple of hours so we're constantly using that tech to mm-hmm. alert people as well. And I think one of the things that's interesting is there was this, um, Pitney Bowes put out this piece. It's mm-hmm. when we talk about between two, 2021 and 2022, you know, the big three, four kind of were down three to 4% on average in terms of shipping. Alternative mm-hmm. carriers were up by 25%. So I think the market in itself is starting to realize that there are alternatives. And I think the alternatives are getting the quality that everyone else is seeing, right? Yeah. To Chris's point, you know, if people start to think about these alternatives, it gives them some advantages, right? When I negotiate, if I now have the big two and a third one, that gives me some leverage to say, well, okay, I'm going to move this over here. You know, mm-hmm. and Chris will tell you, he was always in those conversations being the guy who's trying to, to have them, you know? Yeah. And, I th- and I think that's what's starting to happen as well is some people are using alternative carriers and it's giving them a strategic advantage that candidly, mm. I don't think they want to talk about as much. Mm. It is really interesting. Yeah. But probably those who are, are getting that strategic advantage don't necessarily want to share their secret with their competitors. No. So we, some of the people using us have specifically told we you know give me a referral hey linkedin you know uh stephanie over at this e-commerce company can you uh put me in touch nope they say Uh, no i don't want them to know what i'm doing with you because then they're my competitor so it's really the risk tolerant folks the adventurous ones the savvy Uh and you know they're already doing it and I didn't even realize it at first. Behind the scenes, a lot of people are already doing it, but they're not telling. That's interesting. So if somebody is scared, um, I mean, do you recommend just trying it a little bit, trying it with like, 
when, when you're doing, and this is for any alternative carrier. Again, you know, we're talking specifically to you yeah, guys no. because it's cargo, but there's a lot of other options. What can they do? Would you recommend like, oh, put in a few loads or 5% of your shipping or, you know, how, how do you help people experience it without putting all their eggs in one basket? So I'm going to let Chris answer this, but the number one thing, Chris, when he first started working here, when he would come back to me, he would say, um, they didn't believe me. <laughs> like, like they thought it was too good to be true. He's uh-huh. like, so, so, and, like, now, and all of us are, are, are honed to be like, okay, right, I'm a right, little right. suspicious like, like what's here. Going on? Yeah, yeah, I just want to say that because because Chris should absolutely take this because he's been through it and had to go go through this. But I think that's part of it as well. When you sit there and say, well, you can put it underneath the plane. Well, why haven't they been doing that all this year? Right. Yeah. Two reasons that the technology to be able to do that because um, is one thing. And then, again, that connection to the regionals and those other alternative carriers to be able to connect okay. to that. Really what's unique. But, Chris, please. You know, explain to her how you kind of get people to start to use Yeah, this. yeah. How, how can you get your toes wet without jumping all the way in the deep end? Yeah, so don't trust what I tell you. Don't, hey, Chris mm-hmm. says it's good, it's good. That, that I love when you do, but let's take a, an approach that's more database. So typically I say, hey, give me three months worth of your package level detail. Give me your actual details on shipping. Let me analyze it. I'll feed it back to you. I'll say, hey, I can't cover North Dakota. Keep that with the other guys. I can say, here's your pricing. I'm going to be cost effective and there's going to be a time and transit um, uh, advantage. Uh Here's the financial impact of this solution to your organization. And then I say, is it worth your time just from cash alone, your, your outlay to the traditional guys? Then you say, do you have a contract negotiation? Is UPS going to strike? During COVID, were mm-hmm. capacities cut? Um, costs went through the roof. You know, yeah, next year, right. costs are going to go up even more. So I, I've given you the financial impact. Talk about the marketing impact, right? What does you know a 5% reduction in card abandonment equivalent to? And how can I help you do that? Let's build the, the picture of the size of the opportunity and the scope. And then it's, let's do a trial. Let's do a a week trial. Let me put you in contact with some other uh, shippers that are using us. Don't hear it from me. No, you shouldn't want to just hear it from me. Let the numbers talk. Get some firsthand testimonials. um, Try it out. Let's evaluate and then move forward. So I think that those are all really great tips. Um, And I'm going to kind of recap some of them because I think it's so important. If you right now are considering any kind of alternative carrier method or even regional carriers, anything like that, um, Chris gave some really fantastic advice. They should be giving you numbers. They should be running analysis for you. They should be looking at your data and specifically showing you what you can and can't do. If they just say like, hey, you should be, cut, you'll, you'll see 10% decrease, but they haven't looked at your actual numbers, be wary. Um, be able to talk to other people who are shipping with them. I think that that's really critical when you're trying to try out something brand new. Um, If you're wanting to do any of those alternative carrier options that we've talked about as well, um, 
being able to give it a try in terms of location or short term, you know, nobody should be locking you into five years of you have sold your soul over to somebody. Um, those are all red flags, but it, is there something I missed there, you guys? It's got to be a win-win, right? Yeah. Like good for everybody. It's a win-win-win all around. Mm. And if it's a not a fit, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, say, I'm, I'm probably not aligned with what you're trying to do and what you need. Maybe I can refer you to someone else or some recommendations or, hey, when your jewelry business hits this amount, let me call you in six months or a year. Let's let's um, yeah. reignite the conversation. I mean, I, even, even we were at an event a few um, a month ago, there's this guy we've talked to now at this event, I think two years in a row. He keeps wanting to ship tires. He's like, I love, I love your idea. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, all right, we can ship 10 tires, right? You know, in, in the space, you know, as opposed to 600 e-commerce packages, you know, I, again, yeah. I think we to that, but we're honest. We're like, look, that's not, that's not what we do. This isn't a good viable method. I think that that's another great um, signal that, that you guys and, you know, our, our community out there should be looking for. Um, are they telling you the negatives? Are they saying we don't go to North Dakota? Are they saying, oh, we can do anything. We can ship anything. We can, you know, sure, put your your bomb materials on our plane. None of that's <laughs> going to happen, right? So look for people saying no and, and being honest with you because that's when you're working with alternative carriers, the good ones are going to do that. So I think that's absolutely a great point. Um what about legal or regulatory concerns? Is there anything that people should be concerned about from a legal regulations? That's always something I hear from people that they get nervous. No, just the, the hazmat and the dangerous goods, right? In, yeah. in theory, we could find ways to accommodate those things, but it's it's such a niche and, and there's yeah. legal and regulatory um, to throw a pair of Nikes uh, onto the bottom of uh, the plane I'm going from Philadelphia to Utah on, doesn't matter. Yeah. And the other thing is with it is it's got to be domestic right now, right? Until mm. until you start thinking, because international brings in, you know, and it's funny, going here to mm. Canada, right? You could buy stuff in Canada and come across, you know, put it in the trunk. They're going to look at it and keep going. But when, once you get there, you do need to think about cross-border um, and that okay. is a solution that we're working on with, with around the globe already, but but it's really domestic right now is, is what you want to be. So that's the only other thing I wanted to add to that. Yeah. Oh, that's a really great point. And actually, was one of my questions was if we can do this kind of thing internationally. So right now, domestic. One of the things that you guys said that really resonated with me was the fact that um, a cool thing about all alternative carriers, regional carriers, they're much more willing to work with you individually because they're up and coming too. And so I think that that's really smart. So finally, we're kind of running late on time, but I wanted to hear if you guys have um, any other tips or if you've got an example of, you know, the ideal customer, um, the ideal candidate for these kind of alternative shipping options, especially around um, doing cargo on commercial flights and any sort of final tips for our audience out there. Yeah. So on the ideal customer profile, mm -hmm. I think for for, for me, it's if you're shipping, you know, four to 12 pound packages, if you're looking to try and go from one end of the country to the other or broader distances, right? If you're if you're going New York to Philly, ground is probably going to be 
better. I mean, I'm not saying absolutely, but it's probably going to be better. You've already yeah. got that. You've already got that contract. I think, I think that's, you know, kind of what's key. I think the other part is looking at your customer base and what's going on. Chris has talked yeah. about cart abandonment. Again, I came out of that e-commerce world, right? Cart abandonment has been 70%. It's been 70% for almost 20 years now. They've, these companies have spent billions of dollars buying personalization, AI, all these things to make sure it doesn't. Do you know one of the number one reasons why people abandon cart? Because they see shipping prices come up after they put everything in there and they're going through the checkout process. Then okay, I abandon it because now I'm paying, right? If uh -huh. you, you get something to them in two days and you know that that's, and, and you know you can match what Amazon does, that's what's unique as well. Now I can price that in. I know what that's worth it. And if I want to use that versus versus ground, now I can make those decisions so that when they're purchasing, it doesn't pop up. And shipping's part of that customer journey and having those alternative carriers who will work with you is key. Okay, love that. You know, customer profile, I'll be a little bit more broad than Ed weights and we can accommodate a little bit more, but longer zone planes, right? I can do ground and, and we're expanding our product portfolio, right? So we're working on a couple of things I can't really talk about. That'll come out soon too. It's super exciting. <laughs> we I apparently mean, need to really follow you guys on uh, LinkedIn <laughs> and everywhere else, see what's happening. I got in trouble and had to take down the LinkedIn post yeah, because yeah. I jumped the gun <laughs> because I was too excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. He was excited, he was excited being the sales guy and the CEO. <laughs> Did you pull that down? Yeah, I'm not kidding. It was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, if you don't want to be beholden, if plan A is to use UPS and plan B is to use the other guy, well, what happens when the other guy messes up? You go back to plan A. If that's your plan, you probably need to talk to, if not us, some of the other alternatives out there. Don't be scared. You need to understand, and this is something I had to learn, and I'm trying to wave the flag. People are already doing this and seeing advantages. If you're not mm -hmm. doing it, you're missing the boat, and someone else is going to recommend it to the CEO or the COO. It's not going to be you, or your competitor is going to do it and steal your market share, and, and you're not going to know exactly what's happening or why, but I'm telling you, this is one of the things they're doing. Everybody out there in our audience, if you're interested in learning more about, you know, shipping through commercial flights, I think it's a really cool idea. And that's why I brought it to you guys. Um, how can they get a hold of you guys at, at Smart Cargo? Email, LinkedIn, first name, period, last name at smartcargo.com. Perfect. And I'll drop a little link here so you guys could check them out in the description. But also, just to wrap up, I want to say there was some really cool things I learned today. I learned, A, let's not be afraid of exploring additional options. The industry, you know, cutting edge people are already out there doing it. Give it a try. There's a way to do it without it being super scary and super risk-filled. Second thing I learned is drones in the Midwest. I want to be in the Midwest, apparently. I, I have this desire, but um, I would love to, I'll at some point here for those in the community, I'll try to get some other alternative carriers on so we can learn more about those other options. But really, there's just, it opened my mind to the fact that there's a lot of other cool ways to go about things. And just sitting with the status quo is not necessarily going to make us stand out and, and be the best. So 
I really appreciate you guys being here. It's been great having you guys and we will see you all next time. Thank you. Thank you.